So uh, today we are actually continuing our summer series. It's called At the Movies. And what we're doing is we're actually pulling biblical truths out of modern stories and movies. And you might ask, well, like, is that right that we're using secular movies to teach biblical truths? But the truth is, is that Jesus was a storyteller. And in fact, it actually says that Jesus didn't even teach people without using a story or a parable. He always did it. Paul did the same thing. He, Paul actually quoted secular poets, philosophers, in order to make scriptural truths. And so that's why we are doing this series at the movies uh, or at, and why we're using movies to teach each one of us how to become strong followers of Christ and how to build strong families. So today, we are going to be talking about these things that all of us have called emotions. It's what we all deal with. And um, so since I've become an adult, I don't, just to be honest, I don't watch a lot of animated movies, uh, especially since Josiah grew up. But recently, I tripped over this movie that I loved. It's called Inside Out. Anybody seen it? Yeah, it does a great job at illustrating what happens on the inside of us with our different emotions. In fact, the trailer does an amazing job at giving us just a sneak peek inside what might just be happening inside of us. Check this out. So, how was the first day of school? It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Did you guys pick up on that? Sure mm, did. Something's wrong. We're gonna find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. <clears throat> With a nice pass over the reef, comes across center ice. Uh-oh, she's looking at us. What did she say? What? Oh, oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Signal him again. Ah, so, Riley, how was school? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot? School was great, all right? What was that? I thought you said we were gonna act casual. Riley, is everything okay? Oh. Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. All right, make a show of force. I don't want to have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude, old no, man. No, 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 breathe. What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. DEFCON 2. I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Yeah, well, look. Prepare the foot. Keys to safety position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. The foot is down. The foot is down. Yeah! Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. Come, fly with me, Gachinha. Now listen, if you have, you can stop it now. <laughs> so this movie centers around uh, Riley. She's 11 years old. 
She lives in Minnesota with her mom and dad. And then at, at this, at one point, dad gets a job in San Francisco. So they have to pack up and they have to move all the way across the nation and they begin to start settling in, in, in the city. So Riley is kind of going, you know, through a bunch of stuff and getting accustomed to a new place and new friends. And here's what makes this movie so captivating to me and, and so amazing, I believe. It gives us insight as to what makes this little girl, Riley, behave the way that she does. What makes her the way that she does are these certain basic emotions that she actually has inside of her. And so we meet five characters inside Riley. And the first is that, that, that emotion or that character of fear, okay? Then the next one is sadness. And then she also has joy, and who is the main character of the movie. And then she, she also has the disgust, and also anger, okay? Now, what makes this movie so, so powerful is, and, and opening, eye-opening is whichever one of these emotions takes over Riley's command center or headquarters, as they call it, it actually indirectly impacts the way that she behaves with other people. Check this out, and it'll kind of explain everything for you.
sinner or took over her, her mind, at that moment, whatever emotion took over, it directly impacted the way that she behaved and the choices that she made. Now, this is exactly what happens with you and it's what happens with me. And whatever, just like with Riley, whatever emotion took over her mind, it actually, it actually made her feel a certain way. And here's the thing that I want you to understand. The emotions that we allow to control our mind, this is important, will have an incredible impact upon our choices, on how we behave, but also it will have an impact on the choices that we make. And especially when we have hard and difficult moments in our lives. This is a problem for me. I have seen in my life where I've seen, I've, I've let certain emotions take over my mind and let those emotions control me. And I've done things that I'm not proud of. And sometimes it actually feels like I can't control my emotions, okay? Now, we all have emotions. We all have to deal with them. You have to deal with them. I have to deal with them. All your family members have to deal with them. And there's a story in the Bible, in the Old Testament, about this guy named Saul in the Old Testament who actually let his emotions get the better of him. And so as we talk about this story, we're gonna, talk, we're gonna discover the dangers if we don't learn to actually master our emotions, to keep our emotions from running our lives because I know what it's like to feel like when that happens. So a little bit of backstory on this Bible story. Israel had a king. His name was Saul. This is who we're talking about. Now, Saul was your typical king, okay? He was a, he was a good-looking guy. He was, the tall, he was tall, dark, and handsome, okay? It says that he was the tallest man around. He was the tallest man in the nation. So he was your picture-perfect king, what you would think of. And, but through a series of events, Paul, or Saul ends up in a war with the Philistines. Now, a lot of you have heard of David and Goliath, okay? Goliath was a Philistine. He showed up and he said, hey, look, let's not all fight. You pick your most valiant soldier, your warrior, and he will fight me. And whoever loses will become the other person's or the other country's slave. And so Saul should have been the one to step up and kill this giant, right? However, he was afraid. And look, nobody, including Saul, would go fight this giant, Goliath. But then there was a, there was a young man named David who mustered up his courage, his faith, and his trust in God. He battled this giant uh, and defeated Goliath. That's a whole nother story. But as they're returning from this war, look what, what happens as they're being welcomed back home from this victory. It says, now when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, that's talking about Goliath, he says, the women, all the women came out from all the towns to meet King Saul with singing and dancing and joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. It was a party. There was a victory, okay? So then as they danced, they sang this song, and this was the problem. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. And so this makes Saul very angry. And the refrain of the song or the chorus, it depleased him greatly. Now, this was a monumental moment in Saul's life. And here's why. Because this is the exact moment in his life where he begins to allow feelings, emotions of anger and jealousy, envy, bitterness, all these emotions that he had. This is the moment when they begin to take control of his command center, right? Or his headquarters. 
And it was not just a moment of anger. We've all had that. Watch what it says next. So Saul says, look, they have credited David with tens of thousands, but me with only thousands. So what more can he get but the kingdom? He's coming after the throne. He gets, he gets paranoid, okay? And then watch this. And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. It's set in. His emotions drive him to total paranoia. So in other, in other words, from that moment on, these emotions, they begin to overwhelm him to a point that it begins to direct the course of his life. And it's not good. Now, here's the thing. Emotions can sometimes lead us away from the, where we ought to be, the things of God. In fact, watch what happens in the same uh, chapter in verse 10. It says, now, so David was playing the lyre. This was an instrument as he usually did, Saul had a spear in his hand and he hurls it saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. It drove him to a murderous state. And then David ran away and eluded him twice this happened. So Saul's emotions at this point have actually taken a hold of him. He let them take over to such a degree that he begins to do things that he would have never dreamed of doing. He made decisions that tore apart his family. He made decisions that affected his son and daughter in a horrible way. And we see that as he began to pursue David to try to kill him because of these emotions, he murdered 85 different priests in the process. And not only that, but his emotions led him to a point that he was actually drawn away from God. He began to go to fortune tellers, a dabble in the occult even. And so little by little, if you read the book of 1 Samuel, here's what you see. You see the tragedy of Saul's life because his life begins to be controlled by his emotions. He is led by his emotions. And here's the thing. The same thing can happen to me. And the same thing can happen to you. And the same thing happens to Riley as well. Going back to the movie, it's interesting that when two certain of her emotions, when they take over fear and anger, they led her to, to do some things that she's going to later regret. They led her down a very, very dark path. Take a look at this.
And so, as you can see, when you let certain emotions take over, it actually leads us to decisions that we regret. And here's the problem that, that we all have, and that is this, is that our emotions, they could very, very easily direct the course of our life. You see, your emotions, they will direct the course of your life if we let them, all right? You cannot underestimate the power of how you feel and your emotions. And here's the thing, is that emotions will direct the course of your life if you let them, but not only that, but they are almost impossible to control. So I mean, think about it. The worst thing I could possibly say to my wife is you shouldn't feel that way. That's gonna turn out bad, I could get slapped. And then if I want an actual death sentence, I could say, will you stop being so upset? No. See, emotions are almost impossible to control. For instance, being in love. That's an emotion. That's in, in fact, there's in love. There's love that's a commitment, but then there's the feeling of in love, which is infatuation, and it's not love. It's a feeling. It's in love. And that's a great feeling, but you can't help when you have that feeling, and you can't help who you have that feeling with. So when you fall in, you can fall in love with somebody who's married to somebody else or somebody who's not your spouse. You can become infatuated with people that are actually outside of the bounds of scripture. And you can't control that. I mean, you try. Try not being sad when somebody hurts you. Try it. Try not being angry when you get taken advantage of. Try not being excited when something amazing happens, something you've been dreaming of your whole life. Just try not being excited. Try, try to control your emotions. Try not to be nervous. I've had to do funerals for people that I love very much. And I can't not grieve. So, Micah, what you're telling me is that if emotions direct the course of our life and they're almost impossible to control, what, what hope do any of us have but our own demise? Is this how God made us to be? I mean, is this just a huge, cruel joke? But here's the truth, is that God has not left us powerless to our emotions because in the Bible, in his word, he's provided us the solutions. If he hadn't, then it, this would just be a cruel joke on humanity, right? So here's the question. How do we keep our emotions from directing the course of our life? How do we not be subject to our emotions. How can we live our lives outside of the control of our emotions? Now, as we begin to kind of unpack this, the very first thing, this is important that you understand this, okay? Emotions are not evil, all right? I'm gonna say that again. There is nothing wrong with emotions. Now, obviously, we know the good emotions, right? We want those, happiness and, you know, excitement and all, all of those. We understand that that's what we want, right? In love, we want those. We want all those emotions. But it's what we might consider the negative emotions that sometimes we think are, they're from the devil. They're evil, right? Sadness or anger or disgust. But the thing is, those are not angry. I mean, those are not evil. Jesus was sad. Jesus was angry. Emotions are not evil. It's when we allow them to control us, okay? Emotions have a job. They're to enhance life. Emotions are to enhance our life, not, listen, not to lead your life. People will tell you, follow your heart. That's a lie. Do not do that. 
Now, if you're talking about the spirit of God on the inside of you, that's one thing. But if you're talking about the seat of your emotions, that will take you down horrible, horrible paths many times. If you fall in love with somebody married, follow your heart. That's gonna, that's gonna hurt you and a lot of people, okay? Now, here's the thing. Your emotions are not supposed to be in control. They're supposed to enhance life. But let's talk about how emotions get to a point to where they can control us, all right? And then I'm gonna show you a very simple scripture that I believe is the key to not allowing our emotions to control our lives and lead us astray, okay? First of all, emotions create thoughts. It's important that we understand that. That when we feel a certain way, that, thinker, that, that generates a certain thinking, okay? For instance, when you're angry, anger will generate certain thoughts. We start thinking about what we want to do to get back to that person. What do we want to do to get even? Or maybe even what do we want to do to sometimes even hurt that person, okay? When you feel sad, sadness generates thoughts, okay? You might think about how miserable your life is or, you know, how few people seem to care about you or love you. And sometimes it can even get so dark that people begin to have thoughts of harming themselves because of that emotion, okay? So not only do emotions create thoughts, but watch this, thoughts create actions, okay? As a man thinketh, so is he. So your thoughts at that point will come out of your mouth. And remember, your, your words create worlds, all right? So here's what happens is your emotions create thoughts, and then thoughts create actions. So when we're talking about how to keep our emotions from determining our actions, your stopgap is between your ears, your thoughts, okay? Now, this is why 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, take every thought and make it obedient to Christ, all right? So the reason is because emotions create thoughts and then those thoughts create actions and your stopgap between allowing your emotions to control your life is your thoughts. Now, I wanna tell you another secret that comes along with this. And that is that emotions do create thoughts, but also thoughts go back and create more emotions. It It is ability to, or it is, you can Stop your thought or your emotions from creating your actions. But here's the thing. The stopgap, once again, between these two, if you don't want to cycle in an emotion, your thoughts are your stopgap as well. Now, one of the things that I think that this movie got wrong is that they made joy an emotion like the other emotions. And I do believe that happiness is an emotion because happiness is something that I feel based upon what happens to me, how how much people like me, all those things, right? But generally, I think that joy is not an emotion. I think joy is a thought. Here, when we think about what, how fortunate we are, how blessed we are, what God has done for us, this simplicity yet enormity that we were lost and dying in our sins and he died on a cross to pay for our sins. Those of you that are Jesus followers, when you think about what he has done for you, when you think about the payment for your sin and the healing that comes with that, when you think about that, it brings, it brings um, happiness. But it also, before it brings happiness, it brings joy. Because I believe joy is a thought that comes from who he is in our life and the fact that he lives big on the inside of us. 
Because you see, he is the source of joy. Joy comes when we trust God, just placing our trust in him, which is your, your, happens in your thought life. And when that happens in regardless of your circumstances, it still brings joy. For God who loves us more than we can imagine and is also more powerful than we can comprehend, he promised to help us if we put our trust in him. And once we let that, that realization or that thought settle in, it will break the ties between your emotions and your actions or your other more emotions. And that thought will break the tie between your emotions and what we think of of our negative emotions. Now listen, see, neg- anger is not negative unless it goes unchecked. When you feel angry and you think 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 and it spirals, then it becomes wrong it gets bigger and it becomes wrong actions, okay? Now, when it ends up in actions, then we end up with more of those emotions as well. But if we will let the thought of joy, the the thinking of joy to guide our actions and our emotions as that stopgap, watch what happens. This is interesting.
You know, what's interesting is that when joy began to influence and lead the other emo the, the emotions, she was the stabilizing force. That's why she was the central character in Riley's life. And listen, the same thing can be said about our lives, okay? Because if, if we think about it, one of the most important things in our lives, if you're a Jesus follower, one of the most important things in all of our lives is joy. And here, because here's the thing is, regardless of what happens in our lives, joy has a way of sustaining you through those moments. Joy is not happiness. Happiness is an emotion or a feeling that is a response to a good circumstance. But joy, on the other hand, joy is so much deeper than that. It, it's this, this inner gladness of heart that can only come that only comes from knowing God. True joy has a supernatural origin to it. It's not something you can conjure up. And I'm telling you that it can permeate in your life even through the most difficult times, the most painful moments, the hardest seasons of your life. That's why the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. In fact, the Bible also says this, watch this. Though you have not seen him, speaking of Jesus, can't see him, you still love him. And even though you don't see him, you believe in him and are filled with what? An inexpressible and glorious joy. Joy is such a critical thing because it has a way of permeating your heart and your life and it can affect it can be that stopgap that affects all the emotions all the what you would consider negative emotions and all your negative actions so here's my challenge to you just this week find joy regardless of your emotions let your thoughts be that stopgap your thoughts of joy who for those of you that know Jesus personally who he is on the inside of you who he is, the fact that he lives on the inside of you. And think about that to the point that it, it steers your emotions. It steers your actions. Just several times this week, stop and realize what you have to be grateful for and what you are joyous for. And let that inform your emotions and let that inform your actions from the inside out. Will you stand with me?